Thanks, Stephen. Thanks, Brett. It's a real privilege to be here at Camden BRI. At Booker, we're lucky to have a wise sage running our food technology and innovation. His name is Ken Glock. And if there is a food scare, a change of legislation, new allergens, reformulation, a way of reducing salt in a biscuit, a way of a new, adopting a new processing system or a new ingredient, it's Ken we speak to. And Ken and his team know everything about food and drink and technology. And when he doesn't, he speaks to Camden BRI. It's therefore a special honour to address many of the heroes of our food and drink industry. Because it is you who are responsible for the innovation that powers our trade. Because some of you won't know about Booker, I thought it was useful to say a bit about our company and then to consider the growth and innovation outside of the supermarket. Booker's been around for a long time. We were founded in 1830 as a sugar company in Liverpool by George Booker. We were going before canned groceries, before freezing, before the chill supply chain, before the barcode, before EPOS, before modern distribution systems, and long, long before the supermarkets. We, over the time, have witnessed the huge changes that have taken place in all parts of the food supply chain, the innovation that has powered the growth. In the 1950s, we moved into food wholesaling and later acquired a number of wholesale businesses, Fitch Lovell, Nerdin and Peacock, and these businesses had their own long histories. We've been wholesaling sugar, cheese, eggs to shops and to caterers for generations and generations. Today, Booker serves 470,000 catering businesses, 123,000 independent retailers and 780,000 small businesses. We serve a broad church of caterers, including 40,000 pubs, 20,000 nursing homes, 8,000 schools, 4,000 coffee shops. Within the retailers, we also have a hugely diverse consumer, customer. We serve 2,000 farm shops, 4,000 delis, a plethora of independent businesses, including our symbol group Premier, where we have 3,000 Premier shops. And we're very proud to be adding to that the Londis and to the Budgeons business uh, in the years ahead. Our customers serve communities up and down the land, from the rural village pub to the urban nightclub, from the shop at the caravan site to a convenience store in the heart of the city. So when you're a supplying booker group, in reality you're reaching the consumer via hundreds of thousands of independent businesses. We're also served, privileged to serve many national accounts. We supply virtually all the cinemas in the UK, and in 2012 we launched a business called Chef Direct. It combines the benefits of our scale and supply chain expertise to serve the catering trade. We also own a business called Ritter Corovo, which is a speciality foods business, and it supplies virtually every Michelin-star restaurant in the UK. Very proud to be in the food service business. For example, we supply Aramark, which we feed 250,000 meals a day through that customer alone.
We also supply restaurants like Loch Fine, Angus Steakhouse and Wagamama. And within the Michelin star restaurants, we serve a broad range of products. We serve fresh seawater urchins, saffron. You know, when you're looking at £20,000 an ounce, then some of these finishing products are very high value. So in 2008, our sales were about £3 billion. Today, as Brett says, they're £4.8 billion. £1.1 billion of our growth since 2008 has been like for like, and the other £700 million we've acquired with businesses like Macro. Much of our growth has been online. In 2005, we did virtually nothing online. This year, we did £870 million. During that time, a number of our customers has risen, and we've now got 410,000 customers using online. We also have six business centres in India. We launched Booker India in 2009 and now serve over 20,000 Karana stores there. Through operating in India, you learn a huge amount about operating in a low-cost, high-growth economy. So overall, Booker is making good progress. In September 2005, we had 361 million of borrowings with sales of 3 billion that were dropping. We had no profits. In fact, the trade were worried about our future. Today, we have over 150 million of cash in the bank. Our sales are 4.8 billion and growing strongly. Profits are 140 million. We've been from being nearly bust in 2005 to being a top 150 company on the London Stock Exchange today. We've come a long way, but we've got a long way to go. I hope this explanation of Booker helps because we have been in the trade for nearly 200 years. We've seen many of the innovations. We also serve a broad range of catering and retail businesses and have embraced the web as a future growth. It is from this perspective that I now consider growth outside the supermarkets. Let's look at what is happening in the supermarkets and why the growth is moving elsewhere. The first grocery store, supermarket, opened in 1916 as Piggly Wiggly in Memphis, Tennessee. It's allowed the consumers to browse the aisles and had a central cashier. In the 1950s, supermarkets reached the UK when Sainsbury's opened in Croydon, its first self-service store, and Express Dairies opened a store at the same time in Stretton. By 1968, Tesco had launched the Superstore in Crawley. Today it has over 500. And in 1973, electronic point-of-sale systems were launched, which accelerated the growth of the multiples and the supermarkets. By the 1990s, supermarkets and hyperstores had come to dominate the UK retail scene. Why was the format so successful? Well, it worked perfectly in a baby-booming generation. A family of four could do their weekly shop at the supermarket, saving time and money. Suppliers saw the growth and invested heavily in the supermarket sector to build their brands, and that allowed the supermarkets to extend range, lower prices, and build lots of stores. And the trend was accelerated by the property market. A supermarket could buy a plot of land, obtain the licenses, build a store and book a huge property profit. 
the consumer, suppliers and property market, along with some brilliant people in the supermarket industry, pushed the rapid expansion of the sector. By 2010, UK supermarkets and hypermarkets had grown to dominate the retail scene, with over 107 billion of sales employing hundreds of thousands of people and some brilliant supply chains. The supermarkets had come a long way since the first Sainsbury's in Croydon in 1950. But the world is changing. Since 2000, we've seen enormous change in world food markets. Billions of people in China and India and America and Latin America are better off. This increasing demand for oil, proteins and carbohydrates today is continuing to boom. And today we're consuming 2.5 billion tonnes of cereals a year. At the same time, we're seeing production pressures with changing weather patterns, weather short water shortages, flooding, and increased energy demands. Add to this the huge technology changes which you see outside in terms of what the web is doing, but also what new production systems are going to do in those countries. Combine these forces are changing the grocery market and driving innovation at an unprecedented rate. Just look at India. Everybody knows it's got a huge population, but like China, its life expectancy is rapidly catching that of the UK. Diets are changing and aspirations are booming. Go to these countries and see Coca-Cola, Unilever, Heineken, and see that international suppliers have plenty of growth opportunities outside of the UK supermarkets. Also see some fantastic domestic producers, the Reliance in India, the Amul Dairies, there are some world-class businesses there from which we will learn a lot. Probably the starkest warning of the challenge is in Stephen Emmett's book, 10 Billion. He warns that simply to feed ourselves in the next 40 years, we'll need to produce more food than the entire agricultural output of the past 10,000 years combined. Now, there's been some criticism of this Cambridge professor's estimates, but it is clear that the world industry must face some massive challenges in the years ahead. The global food market is changing and that will impact the UK grocery market. In the UK, things are changing too. After 60 years of strong growth, the supermarkets have really ground to a halt. If you look at the IGD numbers, they're expecting that supermarkets, hypermarkets, will grow by about 8% in the next five years, online 98%, discounts over 70%, convenience 29% and out of home over 20%. The multiple grocers are attempting to play in these high growth sectors but it's not easy for them. The consumer is becoming more diverse. Diets, household sizes, food tolerances and many other dynamics mean that food markets are fragmenting. We at Booker have seen big demand for Mexican, Peruvian, Chinese, Korean foods. New flavours, new diets, new intolerances mean that standards controls and innovation have got to change and this pushes growth into the new formats. So where is growth going? Well more food is being cooked by professionals whether it's in fast food outlets, restaurants, the workplace or institutional catering. People will continue to eat out of home and have food cooked out of home and bought to home via things like Just Eat. Operators like Subway, Weatherspoon, Nando's, Loch Fine, Carluccio's, Itsu, Aramark will continue to prosper in this world. And the independent caterers are really doing well. 
a new generation of entrepreneurs is coming into the industry with lots of ideas. So we're seeing consumers looking for new flavours, cuisines, formats, and independent businesses responding to that. And we're seeing a huge growth in street food, snack wagons, coffee shops, and very, very specialist shops. Convenience sector is doing well too. It's expected to grow at 29% over the next five years. And the Premier is growing faster than any of the other multiples. Then with Londis and with Budgeons, we think we can really do a good job for all our suppliers across the convenience trades. The multiples are opening more local shops. However, these are taking sales and customers from their supermarkets and shifting them into convenience locations. As Tesco, Sainsbury's, etc. come into the local communities, so they free the consumer from the supermarket, allowing the consumer to shop around, thereby supporting independent operators. We're also seeing rapid growth of the discounters. Credit to Aldi, credit to uh, Lidl. Um, They're expected to grow at over 70%. Last year at Booker, we introduced a local discount format for our independent retailers called Family Shopper. We've since opened 30, they're flying. And we're very, very pleased with the opportunity that local discount offers for independent businesses. Aspirational retailers are also doing well. It's fantastic to see the performance of Marks and Spencers uh, and congratulations with Waitrose and with also Whole Foods. That premium move is continuing and the shift to quality is also encouraging new formats to emerge. The size of these sectors is poorly defined, but we're seeing customers prospering. We supply over 2,000 farm shops, over 1,000 farmers' markets. With upmarket delis, there's a lot of change going on that's very exciting for everybody in the trade. We're also seeing the consumer reconnecting with suppliers through formats like online, Nutriplan and systems, where diets can be customised to the individual needs of the person. It's really exciting as we see these new premium formats grow and grow very rapidly and it's a privilege to serve them. And talking of technology, that is also changing the innovation in the way the trade works. Operators like Ocado in the past 15 years and MySupermarket.com have done a great job of harnessing technology, but new people are coming in with new solutions. You know, for example, Amazon, whereas a typical supermarket only carries 30,000 lines, online players like Amazon carry millions. To put it in perspective, the capitalisation of these new technology-based retailers is huge. In 1980, Sainsbury's was one of the largest market cap companies on the planet. Today, all of them are dwarfed. Alibaba is 20, 30 times, so is Amazon. These online players have the financial power to actually change and innovate and and drive our markets forward. The big technology firms are doing well, but so are the small businesses. In India, our largest customer in our Pune branch is an online reseller. It offers order to delivery to your home in two hours. It's an absolutely stunning service and it's amazing to see just how quickly and how fast growing the new technologies are in India. The combination of changing food markets, the growth of food service, convenience, discount, new formats online is putting huge pressure on the supermarket model. 
Combined, Tesco, Sainsbury, Morrison and Asda have spent over £12 billion of capex in the UK in the past three years. Despite this, their combined market share has fallen and profits have slumped. The supermarket is increasingly challenged economic model as the growth shifts elsewhere. So what does it mean for suppliers? In this new grocery landscape, there are huge opportunities for astute suppliers. Quite simply, go where the growth is. Better to put your best products, people and channel support into the growing sectors of online food service, etc. And also go into those emerging countries. To date, the supermarkets have done a brilliant job of offering suppliers scale and growth. However, as the growth shifts elsewhere, go where the growth is. These new channels will also help you di connect directly with the consumers. You know, farm shops are a wonderful model as they allow you to re-engage directly with your consumer. We can also see suppliers stepping outside of the supermarkets, take Nestle's Nespresso. It's a fantastic product and brand that has totally sidestepped conventional retail channels. Then look at things like QR codes and non-pack and smart packing technology, which you see outside. It allows you to reconnect with the consumer. And definitely investing and innovating in the consumer pays handsomely for you, rather than just putting the return into the investment into the channel. Sure, then along with the independent retailers, caterers and licensed premises, we at Booker are very keen to help you reconnect with your consumers. In this new world, choice will continue to proliferate. Take milk. Back when I started in the trade, really there were two choices, gold and silver top. Now a consumer can buy semi-skimmed, skimmed, fat-free, Cravendale soya, 1% almond, coconut, etc., etc., etc. There are hundreds and hundreds of SKUs in the milk fixture. And this will continue to proliferate with special needs, uh, with special dietary requirements. And we all know that that long tail range is just not going to fit onto a supermarket shelf. That's where suppliers have to be smarter at making sure that the right product, the right pack, is appropriate for the channel it serves, whether it's online, whether it's via the supermarket, or whether it's via any of the other routes to market. I suspect we'll continue to see ownership of grocery manufacturing moving offshore. Many UK suppliers had too much exposure to the British supermarkets, and in some cases, ownership passed to inter international groups who have longer-term investment horizons and less exposure to the UK market. I think we'll continue to see China, India and Brazil and other food superpowers becoming more active in their acquisitions uh, of UK assets. So what does it mean for food and drink technology and innovation? As food market fragments, food technology and innovation becomes more complicated. New channels, new dietary needs, technologies and legislation will mean that most of the people here and the people at Camden BRI are going to be very, very busy in the years ahead. So in summary, Booker has been around for a long time. We've seen a lot of change. We believe the future is very exciting as suppliers go where the growth is. Suppliers will have to refine their trade strategies, but the rewards will be substantial for those as there is plenty of growth uh, in the UK and internationally. This will increase the needs for food and drink research, for safety and also innovation, which is good for everybody in this room. 
So on behalf of all at Booker, I'd like to say a big thanks to our suppliers and our customers who are here today. We've come a long way and we really appreciate the support. And we look forward to building on that relationship in the future. Also a big thanks to Camden BRI for the support that it has given our customers and the trade in general. It's a huge thanks, Stephen. And finally, a big thanks for your attention. <laughs>